And we're on. So welcome back. It's been a long time. Oh, it has. I've been in the cafe lots, but I guess obviously not lots Con- Not enough. contemplating <laughs> life, huh? Well, con- contemplating life and all its various different guises and um, ways that it shows itself to you. But yeah, it's been a, a while since the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast piece yes. of conversation to do. But um, this is still like my main... This is my Socrates' market type thing. So this is where I have everybody come to meet and to philosophize and talk. In fact, I was holding court outside when it was a little bit warmer. There was about four of us out on the little deck there. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm there. But now they got a new owner, so now we have to deal with that. <laughs> oh, so with that. But anyway. It's, Life is the whole, changing, changing. Well, the, the whole idea is, is the cafe, isn't it? So we can be anywhere. It doesn't That's actually right. really matter. So good. It's the cafe in your mind. Yeah. So, yeah. So welcome back. Welcome back to all those. Hope you've, you've been um, circulating back to the back catalog as well. I know we do some stuff on the, the uh, group, so we got some of that going on. But here we go. we got podcasts happening. Yeah. Uh, and what are we talking about today? Well, you wanted to talk about what causes suffering, I think. Yeah. Right? So Where was, does suffering come from? It was what causes suffering. And I think what was, I think at the time I saw you, it was probably about three weeks ago, wasn't yeah. it? Um, can't remember exactly what was happening at the time. It made me sort of think of that particular question. But it was all to do, and it always has to do with how much of it's sort of a self-inflicted condition yeah Uh, and i was looking there's um, that quote isn't there pain is inevitable suffering is optional yeah i I saw that i saw and some i see i saw that this morning um let me uh i'm gonna well i was gonna switch i was just thinking i got my notes on my phone but as i went to look at them i could actually hear the little that little nasty thing so yeah, well, uh, I'll bring out my um, iPad instead. It's not kicking. I'll turn. In fact, I'll go into airplane mode on it, so it's not kicking out any heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I mean, so while you're doing that, you know, there's there's so many different answers to this question. I feel like, and this is, um, you know, a really big question for all the religions and all the sort of spiritual traditions as well. And this is the this is the main question of Buddhism, isn't it? Yeah. But so, I mean, everybody has their own um, take on it and stuff. And you can get, I think, really philosophical about it and existential about it. But what, what sort of came into my mind, just based on what I'm reading and thinking about at the moment is like, I feel like because we are in a culture in which achievement and like, action doing is the thing that um gives us a sense of self-worth so that's a sort of like capitalist kind of thing too isn't it it's like work hard you know it's the whole it's the way that the premise of the society and you know always do and striving and time management get more and balance and being productivity and yeah um and all of that and you know, and and when you look at just the state of the internet, and there's this always this, and I think this is what made it come into my head um, at that particular time that I saw you is that because you just mentioned capitalists, because you got to create a system of lack, and then when you create yes. the system of lack, then I've got something that can fill the hole for you. So yeah, 
Um, and this is the whole idea about desire, isn't it? So if you desire something, as in I want this, means you don't have it, so therefore you have a lack, so you automatically create a gap because I don't have this thing. And I know um, if you're into Zen and they talk about the sort of duality, it's that, that duality that we create. The moment that you want something or desire something, you create the split, the duality, because the very act of you wanting it means, means you, don't you don't have, have it. it. Yep. And now I crave it, now I want it, now I'm striving for it, now I'm doing all these things yep. to try and get whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It could That's be right. just, I need some water. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you create that. And when you look on on the net and the conditions that get created um, in these various different echo chambers of, you know, if you could look at it from politics, so... We're missing all of this, and it's because you know, you know we don't. We're part of the EU. Take that away, and we'll have this prosperity. And then you can go to the other side of it. Well, if you take it away, then we have that. So you keep creating this hole, and then everybody wants to fill that gap. Or on a commercial sense, is like if you want happiness, then do this program, or you know, buy these beauty products, or buy these yeah. diet pills. So everything perpetuates itself in that creating this lack going and then yeah. you need to do something to fill the gap and oh by the way I just happened to have the solution to, to help you yeah. fill the gap yeah. but so, it's going to cost you I ain't giving it to you for free I think free. that's right and I think the other the other thing that I see a lot is that it also creates a um a tendency for people to get um get a lot of attention and approval when they tell the life is hard for me story. So yeah. I'm very aware these days because I, I feel like, you know, you know when there's a clock in the room and you suddenly, it's been there for the whole time you've been there, but suddenly you start hearing it tick and then suddenly you can't stop I hearing it. All it. The time. So basically that's, that's a little bit like me with the life is hard for me story. Cause once, once you start noticing it and I'm sorry now if I've put it in your head and <laughs> now it's going to, going to kind of take away at you but you start hearing it both the the times when you're telling that story in however little ways you tell it like oh, i'm so busy or oh, like you know the morning was insane or traffic was terrible or you know all of these sort of it's really hard for me look how hard i'm trying look how hard i'm having to work you know mm. and then and not only does it create an energetic sort of attention and approval because that is like what's revered in our culture, isn't it? It's like you're working hard. If you're if, if, if you're if you're telling the story that like, you know, on the opposite side of that, I've been doing a lot of I've been continuing my uh, study of manifesting and and so I've got this in my ear all the time. And like if you tell that story, you don't get a lot of attention. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you tell the story like good things are flowing to me things are easy. I go with the flow, but what you don't, it, it, that's great. And I'm totally trying to get on that path 99 as much as I can percent of the time, but you don't get a lot of like kudos for that. People are like, Oh yeah, whatever. It's easy for you. But, yeah. and so I think there's this like reward system in energy for telling that life is hard for me story, which actually just reinforces your suffering, isn't it? It just fo focuses yeah. you on the, the hard, the obstacles, the, you know, problems. See, I find it, it's interesting that you say that because I think because I do so very little of that, 
that if I ever say anything that might sound like, you know... Life is hard. Like something's hard, I suddenly get a flood of, oh, what's wrong, what's wrong, you know? Because I rarely ever am in that space. And I, whenever I do that, it's usually I'm just highlighting. So there's nothing wrong. It's like, I don't know, it was just... It was in my head and I put it out there. But it's just such a rare thing that I'm in that space. And, and, and more so because... Um, and I think somewhere along in here, one of my notes I've got, this it's, is when you can get to the place to know that, accept life, that life is what it is. It, yeah. it is what it is. Um, and you're happy with the good and the bad, if that makes sense. So even though I might be sad, I'm actually happy because I'm sad <laughs> and I get into experience sadness of that. I don't know if that makes yeah, any it does sense make at sense. all. It's just, it is a part of life. Um, and there's stuff to be learned when you're sad um, or you're really down and melancholy. There's, you know, I get a lot of good thoughts when I'm in that sort of space. So there's good that comes out of that. Um, just, you know, and just like you can go on the real high and be all happy and it's great. But not, it's when you try to hold on to it, I think, um, and have that, I want to make this last forever feeling. Versus, I guess for me, it's like, I know I'm, I'm happy and I'm here. But it's fleeting. I mean, then you'll be down here, and that's fine because that won't last long. Cause, so I guess that's well. And I think you know, recognizing that even the things that in the moment look like they didn't go the way you thought they were going to. You know, one of the exercises I've been doing recently is like, you know, when I get into a state of like doubting or you know, getting down that something didn't work out the way I thought it would or whatever. I've been stepping back and kind of looking at my life as a whole and sort of saying like, you know, what are all the things that like the big chunks of my life, you know, you think your relationship or, you know, different aspects of your career or your moves or all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, there's quite a lot of different areas of my life where I can say in the moment it looks kind of weird, but actually... I'm right where I am supposed to be. Things have pretty much worked out. And so, you know, in a way, think, you know, there's, there was something that I heard recently where some, a woman was talking about how is Marie Forleo actually in her, in her new book, Everything is Figure Outable. She was talking, telling the story about how she gets really um, worked up when there's an event. Mm. So what she does is it, she finds it really hard to to like put herself in a state of like everything's chill because that's not how she reacts to that situation so instead she thinks of like her friend who's always chill in high stress situations and tries to kind of embody that mm. rather and I, you know so that was sort of her technique for it but she she said her friend always says everything's working out and i was yeah, like yeah was in the midst in the midst of like the chaos in the midst of things not going according to plan. If you if you have that bigger perspective, like I can't see the end result where this is taking me, but I trust that this is putting me on a path where it's gonna it's working out. My other thing was always it all comes out in the wash, so mm. don't worry about it. So that got me through loads of stuff for the longest time. That was like my thing. Yeah, you know, it all come out in the wash. And that's my mom's. Did. My mom's a big yeah. And then yeah, so things. And then if you, so, because you mentioned a couple of things, I think it's, and all of these have, have helped me um, throughout my lifespan. One is, 
and you were talking about Tony Robbins earlier before we started. Um, and I can't remember which book. It might have been an Awaken the Giant where he talks about, and this is an NLP technique as well, that in the emotional thing that you're feeling now, it's not new to you. And you've had, so you've been very sad in your life before, but you have the internal, and you know that you have the ability to come out of that space because you've been there and you've come out. So it's not that you don't know how to get out of the space you do know because you don't. Right. Um, so that's one of the things about understanding that, well, actually, I've given a presentation before, and so I do know how to speak and I can stand up in front of people. And so yeah. the thing that I'm fearing isn't the fact that I can't do speaking, because I can. <laughs> I'm talking to you now. Um, but all the stories and things I'm telling in my head are interfering. But actually, when you think back on the time where you did actually give a presentation and so on, and they went well, um, so you know that you have that ability. But for whatever reason, in this particular time, you've chosen to focus on or you lost concentration, you focus on a negative, and so you have these ill effects. Yeah. So some of it is coming back to that. And the other thing, and I was talking to a friend this morning that went out, we went out for a walk, um, and we were talking about this, the disappointment, or you missing some things, or didn't work out quite how you wanted. Um, and then one of the things that gets me through in that aspect is that, you know, that actually I probably didn't get that because if the universe is moving pieces around, that thing was there. So two things are happening. One, either I'm, the universe is testing me and saying, do you really want this other thing you've asked for? Because I'm going to put this opportunity in front of you, divert, or you not got this thing because if you get that, then you're not going to be ready for the other thing. to get this thing. So yeah. um, I always have that kind of feel to draw on too as well. It's like, yeah. all right, so that didn't happen. Then that must be someone else is getting ready to sort of come on. That might be, you know, all being over optimistic or no, I don't know, but that's kind of how, yeah. that's the perspective that um, I sort of have on, 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 on life. I think like even... And I, I don't know if I've told this story on the on the podcast here. We might have done. It's like when we're talking about connecting dots, like getting here was seemed to be a series of events happened, but they had to happen in order for me to get here. But if you look at the event in and of itself, yeah, um, then it looked bad. Yeah, but that bad thing had to happen in order for these. So I could have be in the presence of the right person at the right time in order to make the opportunity to come here because we've been trying forever to move to England, but just the expense and all that kind of stuff um, was quite not there. Um, and so it was, you know, a year going on, we're trying to get here, but then things just sort of started lining up. Yeah. Um, then the bad thing happened, so we got essentially... Um, I think I, I'm sure I've told this story. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, keep going. With, this, with the whole sort of GE thing and um, applying for the job at Merrill Lynch, and they didn't want to pay me the money that I wanted to do, so I turned it down. Got back to the factory the next day, and my old mentor from Merrill Lynch called up and said, "What's this? I hear you, you know, you applied for a job and you didn't take it." I was like, "Oh, they went off the money. So if I can get you the money, would you come?" Hung up. Five minutes later, he's like, "You got it." And then so then I was at Merrill Lynch. Um, and then I only, was only in that job for like three months. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, we're making everybody redundant. <laughs> but, um, but 
back up two seconds, the partner, the person, that lady that I was working with, um, covering the territory, she had a contact over here, and so she was coming to England to work. We all got made redundant, but we just happened to be working, and it just all worked out. So I got made yeah. redundant. I met her just months before, um, and then finally, after a year of trying to get here, I got here through a series of other, <laughs> other yeah, events. Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah, totally. Mm. You know, and it's one of those things where, like, these are the kind of stories that your kid like hate when you tell because they're like yeah it worked out for you but (laughs) you know but I think so I think you know it is definitely easier to tell you know they say hindsight's 2020 not for a reason but I think also like you know one of the things that comes out in my head right now from the Tony Robbins you know because I told you I finally watched the Netflix I am Mm. not your guru and um he talks about how his he you know he was abused by his mother and and really from an early age had to kind of take on the role as the parent for her because you know she was kind of a mess and yeah. he was the one doing the grocery shopping and the cooking and all this stuff from like when he was 5 or 6 like crazy um but he said something quite incredible that was like if she had been the mother that i wanted yeah. i wouldn't be the man i am now yeah and yeah. I think, you know, another thing that he said in a different interview that I watched with Marie Forleo, which is really worth a watch, um, is that, you know, when any event happens, there's sort of the, you, you know, there's sort of two things happening. There's like a negative fallout and then there's like a benefit. And what often happens, especially when it goes against our expectations, you know, it's not... It, it's all based on our expectations, isn't yeah, it? What, what's good or bad. Yeah. And so if it goes against our expectations and we sort of judge this as like bad, then, you know, you can literally just flip your mindset and, and look for the good, hmm. you know, and, and what what is the thing that I can take away from what's this? The and that I can learn and from I, this honestly, thing? I think that like, it, you know, the lesson or the, you know, yeah, whatever it is. And I think that... um yeah, that's that takes a lot of sort of it takes a lot of mind training. But in a way, like he says, you can also just go. He says in this interview with Marie Forleo, you just make a commitment. I will know. I wrote it down somewhere where I read it. It was like the it was so Tony Robbins, but it was the awesomest thing. He said, consider making the most important decision in your life, which is I will not suffer anymore. Yeah. And I was like, that's. That's awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, I, and, I but, do... And you have to believe that because I think some people will look at that or hear that and they'll go, well, that, like you were just saying, well, that's easy for you to say that, but I'm suffering and saying that doesn't help me at all. Yeah. Um, but they, I think they miss the subtlety of the mindset shift that has to happen. And I think it does take practice to get that. We have to have the belief in that, yeah. I think. Whereas, you know, some people might say, well, that's just when they think of positive thinking that you're shying away from the problem which you're not shying away from the problem you're not sticking your head in the sand what you're saying is actually you know to have the most resourceful state that I need to be in I'm gonna not focus on you know that suffering that's right I thought I'd throw in because we mentioned about you know so it's like basically suffering is kind of the question that we're after um, or what causes us to suffer and the definition that I looked up. So suffering is a state of undergoing pain, distress, and hardship. Um, and you mentioned the Buddhist, Buddhist 
um, aspect of it and the sort of second noble truth. Um, but the Buddhists, the Buddhists make a distinction between two kinds of pain. So they say that there's the the pain of life. Yeah. So you know you get sick. It yes. sucks. Yeah. You cut yourself. It's going to hurt. Like you can be enlightened, and if you cut yourself, it's still, still going to have. Yeah. You're still going to experience that pain. But don't layer it with res- like pain and stories and negative yeah, thinking exactly. and that yeah. suffering. So that's their yeah. sort of distinction. Yeah, I think that's what this is saying. This is yeah. saying exactly what you're saying. Here. So there's, uh, you know, there are those aspects of, you know, yeah, stub your toe. It's going to hurt. But it's it's the stories. Um, around that that you kind of get locked up into wow. and also maybe making a part of your um identity as well yeah. um and there's this is probably wherever i got this from there's, there's a because there's a lot of zen and buddhism that are connected but this whole idea about um you know you start to thirst for something whether that's thirst for more knowledge or thirst for whatever it doesn't matter that want again yeah and when you create that condition this thirst is hunger for and we're craving for this thing, then you get creating suffering because you lack that thing, and and now you've got this. Yeah, quite well, you've got you've got the journey for this thing that yeah. isn't there. So you're needlessly suffering, yeah, and um, because you've created this desire or this this. Um, I feel um, like your cup's gonna go off the edge. I'm watching it. I'm watching play like elbow, elbow, elbow his cup thing. closer yeah. and closer to the edge. And, and I think that's for me what's what's hard sometimes. Is you know, I'm a, you know, I I like you know doing a sort of entrepreneurial thing and and all of that. But the one of the things that sometimes does bother me is particularly about the self help industry. I think in its totality is in order to market it there's a tendency to highlight all the things that are lacking yeah so that it heightens that tension in that person to the point where they're thinking well i don't want this pain anymore and this person seems to have the answer so i'll go with them and so for me that that's one of the things with the industry that doesn't sit well with me and that we you know what though i and i i agree with that but i also think what's really sad is that i think that there is that much pain and suffering amongst people who otherwise from the outside have a pretty good life you know like the the, the pain exists there yeah the focus so i so yeah. instead of focusing your mind past the pain, I focus your mind on the pain. So when yes. I'm marketing, I have the ability yes. to do either. Right. So I could say, yeah, you might be in pain, but here, focus on this. But actually, I want you to buy. So I need to heighten that pain. Yeah. Um, and that's the sort of capitalism reinforcing that's the, lack. That's, that's the right. bit that, you know, kind of yeah. um, doesn't sit. I understand yeah, it. I understand because, right. you know, humans and, you know, if you want to mani- manipulate them to do something um, I can play on these various different mind forces that I know that you have and I get that I understand why they do it but I think in that industry I've always had a hard time with it for, for that reason versus you know I know that I don't have this thing and I'm going to go and find it and I know that this guy is a counselor so I'll, I'll seek him out but not the counselor to say you know your life sucks <laughs> and yeah. it sucks because of this and you're feeling this and I was looking at someone singing, and 
So it's just listed out a whole raft of things. Um, and it just, again, just reminding me of that. And I think, okay, well, yeah. Um, but there is another side to this. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I you know, I think as I go through with my own practice and meditation and all this kind of stuff and like really, you know, I feel like there's also moments where you go through periods of more kind of, yeah, you sort of up your game. Mm. Something happens in your life or, you know, the shiitakes hit the fan. Someone said that. I was like, yeah, that's a good phrase. I'm going to work that yeah. in somewhere. And, uh, you know, it sort of forces you to look at things in a new way or face in demons or just whatever. And I feel like, you know, there's sort of various stages that you go through and stuff. And, you know, so if I look at, at sort of my journey so far, it's quite easy when I'm talking to someone else for them to think that I'm quite calm most of the time. Hmm. And I, I guess, you know, compared to a lot of people, I guess I am. But it's, you know, it's quite easy, I think, because we're so used to telling ourselves that life is hard for me story. And because that's the way that we feel um, like recognition and self-worth and all of these things, these, it's the weird attachment between that story like and our self-worth. I think it's also easy when someone's telling you that mindset is a thing and you can shift your mind towards, you know, Mm. positive things that, you know, all the stuff we're talking about, it's quite easy to say it's, it's easy for you because everything's working out for you or it's easy for you because like, you know, the external circumstances in life are easy, you know? And I think that's the whole point is like, it's not easy. Like nobody gets a free pass in life. And you look at Tony Robbins, he had a really hard, you know, yeah. go of things, you know? And, and I think in a way that's what makes him a really credible person to talk to. And that's why people believe him because if you can go through that, you know, and it's a little, a little bit different than coming from someone who's like, you know, been rich since they were little and, and had the path, paved for them in gold and then they're like oh just be happy you know just shift your mind and stuff and I think you know one of the big examples for me right now is like my so my dad's going through cancer he's in his uh it's you know it's cancer so it's like on again off again kind Mm. of thing he's back in chemo so I was talking to him last night on the phone and my dad is is an incredible um you know sort of person to look at for me and say like that's what we're talking about because my dad like almost never complains you know like you it's just like you were saying if you if he says something bad you're like whoa it must be really bad you know because he doesn't and I was talking to him last night because of course I'm living in the UK he's in Florida you know I haven't seen him in a year now it's hard when when people are sick and then you can't go see them you know And then he was sort of saying, like, his wife's daughter is coming back into town for Thanksgiving. And I was like, you know, I just got myself into this mind of, like, I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I could just go for, like, four days and just see him, spend some time. Because you just don't know how much time you have with someone, right? So this is all going through my head. So I'm talking to him last night. And he's like, you know, honey, nobody's got a, a perfect life situation. And, you know, the way I look at it is, like so grateful we have Skype, we can talk and see each other, FaceTime, you know, and 
so happy you've got this. You know, and he's just literally, this is like the worst day of his chemo treatment. He's like, I'm fine. Like I'm actually, I'm feeling better than I expected to. And, you know, this is good. And I was able to eat this and, you know, you've got to think about it like this. And he also reminded me of a friend of mine who's has a very like difficult relationship with one of her parents and they actually live a lot closer than we do. He's like, so it's not distance sometimes. And, you know, he literally talked to me for like 10 minutes about all the great things. And I was like, that's what it is. It's like me dealing with my dad having cancer. It's like him dealing with having cancer and chemo. It's like, all of the things that we go through in life, like it, it is not that people who are doing this thing are somehow getting a free pass. No, it's like, we're just, it's just like Tony Robbins said, it's like you're determined to surrender to the things that you cannot control and try and focus on the good things. That's what I mean, go back to the Stoics, exactly what their message was, wasn't it? The message was, you know, focus on the things that you can control and you increase your happiness by a factor of like 30 yeah, by totally. just doing that. And, and, but again, that's just a mindset thing, isn't it? What are you choosing to sort of focus on? Because, and, and I hate to use the word mindset because as you said, some people be like, oh yeah, well, mindset, blah, blah, blah. But, but you have a mind, we all have a brain and it works a way and I can focus on, you know, and, and sometimes I say to people, if that helps you, then by all means, knock yourself out, focus on the bad. Because obviously you, you need it because that makes you feel like whoever you want to feel like. And then my... If that's the decision you're making in that moment, because sometimes... Sometimes, some, you know, they yeah. just want to. Maybe I just want to be in this space. Because you know, most people at some point in time will move their way through that. But the timing just has to be right. Or as Tony would say... Once they feel massive pain, they're not going to do anything until the pain is of not doing becomes too great yeah. um, to, to hang on to. Then they'll do something. But yeah. up until that, they'll keep with the excuses. They'll keep doing all the things until the pain is just too much. And then in an instant, yeah, you know, they'll change. They'll say enough is enough, and they'll do something about it. And and you can't really help a person until they reach that point where they no longer want the pain is no longer acceptable, and they are ready to get out of that. And you can see that in a person's eyes. Can't you? When I'm coaching, I know, I know someone that I can work with and someone that I can't do. Within how many minutes? And within that first conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So you just know that actually this is just going to go around in a loop and that person's not ready to come out of that loop yet. No matter what you say to them no matter what you do they're not coming out of that loop and they're just not in that space and often i'll just say you know well, it's serving you now so hang on to it it's not wrong with it and getting something out of it um but when you're ready to move past that space and i'm yeah. happy um, to help but until that there's not really anything um that you can do with that person until they're ready yeah yeah and they'll get there. They'll get there eventually. And you just in this life in or head. another, isn't oh, it? Because then, yeah. You know, but from my perspective, it's like, dang, I, I really, I know that once you get there, it's, it'll it's things so will good. change. So I'm trying to save you time, <laughs> so that you can you can get to where you want to go to. But yeah. if you're not there, then you're not. Um, yeah. Then you're not kind of there yet. That's right. Um, totally. Yeah. So I, you know, and I get, I get what you know the folks to say, you know. 
And I saw, no, I know what I wanted to say is that, because um, you, you mentioned a number of times, like the person that seems to everything works easy for them. Um, and I think, I guess just uh, me understanding human nature, I know that they're hu- if they're human, then they have the same problems as everybody else. Yeah. Unless they're a different breed or species or some other thing other than a human, um, you know that they get angry, they get sad, they get this, they have these things. They're and scared we, of something. They're scared of something, they're worried about something, they're anxious about something. They have the same underlying concept. A lot of times it's it's what how you choose to deal with those. I guess the bit that I, that doesn't sit right for me is the ones that pretend maybe that's where you're at, that they don't have those things. Well, I their think life it's, is exactly perfect and there's no, uh, there's no crack in the wall. But I think that there's two things that I see. One is that there's the Facebook, Instagram, like mm. social media kind of um, veneer on life, which I don't think people blame on social media, but I don't think it's that much different in it's terms so different. of like, it's just, we just have different tools. That's, that's right. Yeah. But the other thing is, I think part of this life is so hard for me story is there's sort of a one upmanship which means that also requires you to tell the story, the opposite story. Like life is so hard for me requires a, it's easy for everybody else or it's easy for you dynamic. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what or reinforces that story. And since life is hard for me, that how I got attention when I was a kid, and you can trace a lot of these back to when yeah. we start looking at the Korean young and those guys. Um, this is how I got attention from my parent or carer i think it's in um is it in celestine prophecy that they talk about the different ways that people steal people's energy or power or something they like probably that do in one of those ones. i feel yeah. like that's where i'm i because rem- i always remember it's like you know there's a thing that's like these are the different ways that you and you know one of them yeah. is a victim for instance yeah, like exactly, if you're yeah. a victim then i you give me your attention so and you're, that's right and so me, people I'm looking for all and, the solutions for you it was to help you out. it was very um you know neutral in the sense that they were like everybody has a way you know yeah so it wasn't like, oh, there are some bad people out there trying to steal your energy and you're, no, you're fine no. or some people are fine, you know, but it, it was more like bring into awareness, which is your dominant way of doing that so that you can catch yourself doing it yeah, and stuff. Absolutely. But I always think about yeah. that. Yeah. Like I know where, where, like my way of doing it is to be completely silent as a, and to be super distant because I'm normally, you know, quite giving and, mm-hmm. and, and that. So close down and completely silent and then is, people will chase you and then 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 they'll oh how come you're not talking to me or how come you're not um and that you know, yeah that's that's but i can, i know i can i know when i just say you catch yourself in that space yeah yeah and um, where you do that and then you can you know yeah, well let me just yeah we just say what i wanted to say as opposed to to seek attention by withdrawing oh, yeah and Although sometimes I withdraw because I don't want to be bothered with dealing with the situation. Says my other. Well, or sometimes there's just nothing to say, but that's a well, different sometimes situation. Sometimes I just withdraw, you know, like, you know, I really don't want to deal with this thing. So, because otherwise, I'm, if I put it on the table, we've got to deal with it. And if I don't really feel like dealing, but it's uh, an yeah. opportunity to sort of withdraw. But yeah, so that's my withdrawal is my thing. <laughs> so, um, 
we're doing a, in my family. I saw this thing on Facebook, so now we're doing it. It's a gratitude pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, do you see my picture? Yeah. So, um, I was really happy because, um, Mummy and Daddy got on the pumpkin before Xbox. Mm. Just just before we just made it in. Yeah, I like but um, it. so every day we're um, so we got a pumpkin, we got some sharpies, and every day, you know, the kids and I and Stephen all write like one word or one thing we're grateful for, and it just sort of circle the wall. The words are, start circling around the pumpkin. Um, but I wanted to do that first of all because I think you know gratitude is not you know. They say practice it, but then we don't, do we? Like, not in, in a formal way. And I think this is the thing about my conversation with my dad. He's not just thinking those thoughts. He's also saying them out loud. And a lot of times, saying them out loud is also really good to reinforce for yourself, you know? Hmm. And um, so it was really, you know, and I always think, you know, we don't really do any kind of grace. Like, I grew up saying grace before dinner. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we don't really do yeah. that. And I yeah. thought, you know, actually... I don't really want to do that, but this, some kind of gratitude is, is actually a really nice thing to do. So anyway, we're doing this, but you know, I think that's the other missing piece of suffering is like, that's the other choice that you can have is like, instead of looking at what's not working out, there's, you know, look at what you're grateful for. And, and, you know, sometimes I think we just don't do this because we're lazy. We just don't want to make the effort. It's just easier to go along with our habits, you know, and it's just like, I, you know, it's, I mean, I, I'm well, saying that because I see can. it in myself, you know, and just well, like, oh, I just change. don't want to be well, grateful right now. I'm feeling like crap, you yeah. know, I'm not happy about this. This is not working out the way I wanted to. I don't want to look for like the thing that I'm grateful for. I just want to like, just be in this zone where I'm like cruising down the river, just of the pissed off river, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, no, you just have to like not accept that from yourself anymore. You know, like I will not suffer. I will feel pain, but I will not suffer, yeah. you know, and just continually have that kind of, and I will feel gratitude because I just, I do feel like we are so blessed just to have clean water, yeah. you know, all of that stuff, you know? Well, Ruth was. She just got back from Uganda, and, and doing oh yeah, the work of course in, she did. Yeah. And did I tell you I have a Ruth Low in my in my yoga class? No. Yeah. 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 I know exactly. Well, the, um, she you know so they were doing a building the um, schools uh, mm-hmm. and it's an additional class, uh, room for in the, for the part of the school, but um, there's kids in the school that have to walk two hours. To get to this school, <laughs> you know, that's two hours I gotta walk to get in, do school, and then walk two hours home. Some of them don't have shoes, but they happily come walk the two hours to come to school. And can you imagine here in this country saying, "All right, you gotta walk two hours to to school with no shoes on, <laughs> and then walk two hours back." Um, and even people that work. And I'm right? not going to check if you were there or not because yeah. I've got to go out to work. And well, like, no one's checking whether well, those kids are there. Work, They're yeah. going there because they want to. And the workers as well. So, you know, some of the people, some of the builders on the site that they were working, you know, they, you know, and building is a hard graft as well. But they walk two, two and a half hours to get to work, work all day, hot sun, do all that. And then they've got to walk two and a half hours to get home only to do it again the next morning and we complain about a half hour commute and I had to sit in traffic in my nice warm car listening to my tunes 
yeah. you know, for an extra 15 minute delay or we try to kill each other because you're going too slow and I gotta hurry up and get to where I'm going. So, you, you, you know, you're right. I mean, we, we don't, we don't appreciate necessarily what we have. And I think one of the things that I've, you know, that I took away from the military is an appreciation for life. Um, and that whole thing, you know, one of my other sayings to myself is, you know, it's not that bad, no one's firing at me. So it's not a two-way rifle range. So, so yeah. it ain't that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right, that's right. And I think, you know, that goes, that goes across the spectrum because you think, you know, on the outside, like, what can you be grateful for? Yeah. But we're so bad to ourselves in our own head, don't we? We always look at the end of the day about what we didn't get done, what we didn't do right. You know, that's the stuff that we can really focus on and spin out about. And instead, like one of the, one of the other practices, which I want to be more consistent about and I'm not, but I, but I'm trying to be is like at the end of the day, writing down three or five wins, you know, every day, like, what did you, what did you do? Well, you know, cause there was, uh, I can't re- even remember where this is. Oh, it was Kelsey Murphy. I was listening to, she was, um, on this course that I took over the summer and she was saying, but she's a, she's a coach and she was saying, you know, the people that are really like doing well and are, are in a good mindset with their, with their life, with their job, with their family are like, they walk around having nice thoughts in their head. You know, they're like, I, I did my run this morning. Like I rock. And then she it's so funny. She goes, you know, they're telling themselves that stuff all the time. Like I went and ordered coffee. I am good at ordering coffee. Mm. You know, it's just like that constant stream of, you're good. You're a good human. Like let's, let's appreciate like what is good about ourselves as well. Like how amazing our body is. Even when like something's creaky, our body is freaking amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think if you, and I, and I guess that's one of the reasons why I, I was, you know, like sort of philosophy and that kind of thing. Is, and then one of the reasons we had started the podcast was about the contemplation. I think if you get in the habit of thinking about those things and putting life into perspective and then it, it helps you with, with that to the point where it becomes um, almost, well, it becomes your nature yeah. as opposed to, you know, you don't have to necessarily write it down or you don't necessarily have to, you yeah. know, you, you, because you take time to contemplate it, it but it's you know, a practice, I t- isn't yeah, it? Yeah, completely. Practice. But I think that for yeah. me, because I'm, I'm, I've sort of mastered some of this stuff yeah. to a certain extent. But I still am quite bad about just focusing on the stuff I haven't gotten done on my to-do list. You know, like, mm. I don't focus on my wins. At the end of the day, I don't go... You know go, the easy way yes. to do that? Hmm. No to-do list. Then you don't have to worry about it. How will I remember what to do? Well, I don't. I don't have it. I have a to-do list. You know what I mean? Why that's I have, because listen, you're a mind mapper and I'm a list maker. I have a right? to-do list only because it seems like that's the thing to do, but I never look at it. So I have a to-do list and we can look on it right now and I've... See, but but it's not, it's not the to-do list that actually makes it a negative experience. The to-do list like downloads stuff from my brain so I don't get anxious that I'm forgetting something. So in a way it makes me less worried and less anxious. But I think even when I don't have a to-do list, like this week, for instance, you know, I've been a bit, you know, you have these big weeks where you're like working towards a goal and then, and then that deadline is over. And then you kind of have that period of like, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like floating around. I've had a bunch of meetings with people this week and stuff. So it's been, it's been a bit of a funny week. And, um, you know, I still, my default is I haven't gotten enough done. 
Yeah. You know, so and that's most I would say probably I'm going to venture a guess and say that's most people's default. I wish I had done more. I didn't do enough today. Well, they haven't been listened that the saying. <laughs> What's that? Is it Kobe? No mm-hmm. one when they get to their grave is going to say, I wish I had done more work. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? And and you're right. And I think it's it's, it's the Western culture, particularly, I yeah. think, where it's the and even the saying, like the you know, the idle mind is the devil's workshop. So it's built into our yeah, DNA. Completely. You got to be doing something. But I, I think that when you have that as an issue, you sort of have to kind of do something a bit more at first to counteract it and get yourself out of the we bad habit. Of the habit yeah. So yeah, writing that on that win list is like I've got to do that for a while. Yeah. You know, it's the same with like the sort of positive affirmations well, like and stuff. It's just gym. like it's like anything. You got to. You yeah. gotta, you gotta undo the, the programming. Yeah, and you had years of programming. That's right. So you know, you may, and that's where we have patience come because you may take you years to deprogram. So it's not an instantaneous thing. It's no. just you know, so you've got to because you've had so much programming, you've been doing it for so long. Now you've got to undo that programming, and sometimes it just takes a little bit long. The other thing that Ruth mentioned is that the people were, although they had nothing. So they have no electricity. So, you know, there is no refrigerator in the house. So I eat my meal and then I got to figure out how to get the next meal. There's no, I can't go to the cupboard. But she said, they're all so happy. Mm. And, it, and you think, well, for us, it'd be like, oh, I don't have a, I have a dirt floor. I have no refrigerator. I, where's you know, my ice where's, cream after dinner? Where's my next meal going to come from? I got to go get a few pennies to try and get some, yeah. you know, bland food to have. But they're happy i gotta walk two hours to school as a kid with no shoes on but yeah. i'm happy when i get get yeah. to school whereas you know we well one we wouldn't be able to get our kids to walk two hours to school <laughs> Um, but I think the point is that those kids aren't different fundamentally from our oh, kids. they're humans. Yeah, they're just they're, they're just different. yeah, they're, they're just not mindset different mindset. Yeah, yeah. A, the programming is different than the one that we kind of grew up yeah. with. So I have a different, different programming. Yeah, and we're even you know you can even have the argument that you know you're in the, I guess the Generation Z and the millennials you know they get a bad rap. Whereas, you know, from older generations thinking, oh, yeah, they just want everything handed to them. But you know what? It's, it's us that did the programming for those ones that come up because you think, oh, well, I had it this way and I want to make it easier for my kid or whatever. So, you know, we don't, yeah, so we don't require the same of them. And so, you know, I'm thinking when I was young, you know, parents both worked. I don't know if you and I were, no, I think I was talking about that this morning. Um, you know, my parents didn't take off for the school holidays. Here's your boundaries. <laughs> you don't violate those boundaries. And you're gone, you know, you're five, six years old. We took after ourselves. And they didn't either could have, they didn't think that, oh, yeah, I've got to stay home with the kids because it's school holidays. It was no... But the kids were behaved enough to, and that was fine. They would leave me there. But, and, and you, you know, so I had to be able to cook. I had to be able to do my sort of things to take care of myself. Um, I knew what my boundaries were while my parents weren't home. Um, whereas now, you know, people have to take off school when I got over this. You wouldn't think of leaving your kid at home by themselves until they get. Could be a teenager, and even then, they, you don't want to do it. But it was a different time, 
um, you know, back, kind of. But then think of the condition that we've now the programming that we're doing to our kids now, because now they're used to that and they need someone to. So they then there's an expectation that we set up inside of them. Whereas for us it was, and probably for my parents even more so. Um, you know, where your independence has happened. You actually you're working. Well, I was looking at, um, if you Google this, so if you actually go on YouTube, you can find it. And they were, um, and we didn't talk about this. I talked about this with someone else. Um, about, again, this condition with the kids. And they were channel four, I think it was. And they took a group of six-year-olds. And to st for that very question, do we cuddle our kids now? And they compared our society, like Britain, um, and then they looked at a, a, an African village kid and then the kid in Japan. Mm -hmm. So the six-year-old in Japan, in Tokyo, big city, has breakfast with his parents and goes off by himself. Six-year-old kid, he's got to catch a train, they got to catch a bus, he's got to get on the, the underground, he, then he got another piece of transit that he has to do, then he's at school. This is six years. And it was funny looking at this little kid with his backpack going on. He's just traveling like all these adults in business suits. But you know, he just did it. And you know, and, 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 that, and that was there. And the kids in that school, instead of having adults sweeping up and cleaning, all the, the older kids are responsible. So everybody had a responsibility in the school. So the kids pretty much are running the school in that instance. Teachers are teaching. Um, and so the, the observation was, can you get a six-year-old? They had, they gave him a, they started him someplace in London, and they had to get to the London Eye, basically. They wanted to see if they could cope with doing that um, by themselves. And then to contrast that, they had a, the kid in Africa, same age, where they had to walk miles, one to go get water to bring it back. You know, they're going into a hostile environment on their own, six-year-old kid, to go get water, walk miles, <laughs> get water to bring back home, yet we won't let our six-year-old kid go down to the playground by themselves. And the other one, the kid had to look after, you know, here's your machete, six-year-old, um, and then also you need to keep track of the farm animals and make sure they don't do six years old with this big so did So did the British kid make it to the London Eye? <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah, they did, yeah. Okay. It was a group, they had a, I think they were working in pairs or something like that, so they weren't completely alone. Um, but it was funny listening to them trying to work out the map and, and stuff. Hey, you know, they're smart kids. The kids are smarter than we necessarily think. And, and they no, I think so. And, and I think the it. other thing is, too, when you're there as a parent, they divest responsibility for themselves to you hmm. and when they know you are not there hmm. they take responsibility for themselves because they know that you're not going to be able to save them so like Depends you know on the kids parents because it's cool watch you should watch this one because they did some other experiments like kids in a candy store <laughs> oh, right. I, and it depended on the. i think it depended on the parents because like, i remember the one little girl because eventually, if someone started breaking down, oh, let's just have a little. But there was one who must have really strict parents or something. So, oh, we can't do adamant that we had to follow the rules. Whereas there was one kid that was like, eh, you know, just one. Rules are there yeah, to be broken, well, and, man. And once that one sort of broke the rules and the other ones followed. Yeah, but right. this one was like, would not break the rules whatsoever. It was funny. It's just funny. It was funny yeah. listening to them. I just see it. Work, I just see it when my kids well. climb trees. 
Yeah. You know, because like, they know there's just an intuitive knowing, like if I slip and fall, mommy is not catching me here. Like, yeah. you know, so they, they take care of themselves in a different way, but crossing the road, which you actually is, you know, equally, if not more dangerous, <laughs> if I'm with them they're um, you know, it's, it's really hard to get them to even look yeah. because I'm with them. And so they're just like, whatever, you know, and, and so that's the thing. Yeah, no, but, it's, 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 it is interesting. And that, because you mentioned the, the tree thing. And one of the things that, I read in psychology today or something like that in terms of, you know, how we got the rubberized playgrounds and yeah. trying to make all the playgrounds safe. And so one of the things that we're doing a disservice to kids is we don't teach them how to do risk taking. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's own. right. Yeah. Because um, we're trying to, again, couple them to take away all this danger from us so they don't get hurt, but then yeah. they don't develop the necessary skills that. Yeah, you know, totally. They're going to need later on when, when you're not there. All, all the habits you say that, that, totally. that we that we pick up. Um, so I guess rounding it all off, you're right. I think it's, you know, you depending on how deep the programming and your programming is, um, will descend, depend on how long it might take you to undo that habit and learn a new habit. Um or you can go the Tony Robbins route of, you know, once you feel the massive pain to the point where the pain is no longer acceptable, then change happens in an instant. Um, so, yeah, I think it's like yeah. sort of diff- yeah. some, somewhere in between there. Yeah. You know, I guess those are the sort of two. I, I just think that, you know, it's sort of worth sometimes just experimenting with things. Hmm. And, um,. You know, I think that experimenting with gratitude, like not just going, yeah, yeah, I know, I've got, I've got to be more grateful. Yeah, yeah. People have got gratitude journals. I heard about that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like adult coloring, you know. <laughs> I mean, because I feel like that's, you know, often been my thing, yeah. you know. But actually doing it, actually, whether it's like, you know, the gratitude pumpkin's pretty much for the kids. Yeah, but for good. me, yeah. for me, it's like. A nighttime practice, a morning practice, a daytime practice. Like literally, it is a formalized yeah. practice. It's not just something I'm sweeping under the carpet yeah. anymore. You know, well, that's about a habit, isn't it? Then you create a discipline, and then you're doing that, yeah. and you're focusing your mind in that way. So, because that thing- then that becomes your knee jerk response to situations that are unexpected and bad. Well, it's you like know? paint the fence, yeah. Mister Miyagi. That's right. You know, you keep doing it, doing it, it seems mundane, but then when the, all, you know, of, a sudden, all of a sudden you've got it or you have the right, because it's ingrained in you now. So I think that yep. doing that kind of That's practice right. ingrains it in you. So then when something really does big happen, you've been practicing it. And, yeah. then, and it's even though it might seem mundane to be doing, but it's actually a good thing. It's the habit that you're building. So when something happens, you're totally. sort of prepared. Like the Stoics would say, you know, you should do your death meditation um, and, and contemplate, you know, your death or dying and, you know, that kind of way. So you, you, you know, when you're faced with that situation, it's just not now thrown on you. Um, last thing that I'll say about suffering is sometimes it's good to suffer because you can see how this is a U.S. Army mentality. You can see how far you can push the human body. So when we do stuff like Ranger School, you are suffering. <laughs> you know, you're starving to death. You got all this weight and craziness on you. But then you, t- 
two things, suffering next time reveals your true character. So when you're in that adversity, and um, it reveals the true you. Um, and then the other part of that is um, you understand how far, just how much you can endure Yeah. Um, from that point of view. And it's funny because, uh, well, Devin, he's done his pass out thing, hasn't he? So he's done, and it was... Uh, it's interesting to see the change in him over this 14 weeks of going through that adversity, suffering, all of that, you know, culminating with it, like a five-day field problem exercise where they all just hated life, but they made it through it. And, you know, they have a stronger sense of themselves, more confident, um, less... Um, more better sense of interconnectivity in terms of community and help. You should see these kids because he had he had some of his mates come up on a Saturday. Some of his because everyone likes to see each other. I'll go off to different parts of the island when they came, but just to see you know this group of eighteen to twenty something year olds and the transformation that they've gone through, and um, it's amazing. It's just fourteen weeks of that. But, but it's an intense time, isn't it? But you can see what you could do if given the Sometimes right it doesn't take that long, does it? It yeah. doesn't take as long as you think if you're yeah. willing to kind of like... If it's super concentrated, you know, you, you take, you know, for this, you're taking kids from all different backgrounds or from all over the place, throwing them into this environment that they're not used to. <laughs> and, and then over the course of 14 weeks, you, you know, reshape them to people who have a sense of duty, honor, discipline, yeah. understand better their bodies, the confidence that they didn't yeah. have before, all of that sort of stuff, um, sort of transpired. And so it's, yeah, it's yeah. an interesting, interesting thing, I think, um, in that. So, what's the final answer to our question? Is life basically suffering? Or only if you Only if you let it be. <laughs> only if you let it be. Cool. So, good. So, you're not going to suffer anymore. Is that your plan? No more well, suffering it's my for you? plan. It's my plan. Uh, cool. How about you? Um, well, I feel I'm, like you might want to suffer sometimes. Yeah, or? well, I like to do the physical suffering. Make your body stronger. Pain. Uh, that to me is not. Yeah, that's it. I feel like adversity is a good word, but yeah. adversity to me is different than suffering. But yeah, all right, no, go, go for it. Suffering, yeah. There's some suffering <laughs> there in there. Are some yeah. Suffering. Uh, uh, okay, cool. 